0: preseason for everyone, it's preseason for us, Um, but for this episode we're going to stick with uh, the offseason moves, what teams have done and what teams are going to look like um, between now and the start of the season. We're going to have probably three or four episodes, or four four to five episodes over the next couple of weeks heading into the regular season where we're going to break down each division uh, a little bit more in depth uh, over the next four weeks after this one. Uh, but today's episode is going to be basically just all recap of the off season. We're going to go division division, break down each division a little bit, and then uh, kind of go into it for for the preseason because training camps are coming
1: up quick. And this was a huge off season. A lot of a lot of really good teams have have, have become a little bit worse with some moves, and teams that were not very good made significant moves to become better. It was. I think the NHL this season is going to be one of the most even seasons you've seen. Oh, 100%. I think you can probably count on one hand
0: teams that you're looking at like they're not going to be very good. And I think we can all kind of – we all understand which teams those are. Uh, And it's it's across every division too, right? It's not like in the last couple of years where like the Atlantic has had four teams that have been really bad with like Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, and then you had – the the Montreal, uh, Florida that were kind of on the cuffs of being a playoff contender or not. Uh, you know, even the Metro, who always seems to have one or two, two teams that just kind of stink. This year, like, every team, even Philly, who's the question mark at best is going to be, like, going to be in there or should be in there. Mm. I guess we'll see. We're going to agree to disagree on that one, I think. <laughs> Hey, on paper... They haven't made outside of Giroux, realistically, outside of Giroux on paper, they've they haven't really done anything drastically that knocks them down to like a guaranteed bottom five finish.
1: No, that's true. But I think Giroux was a big part of the team. Like the locker room vibes, the on ice vibes, the the leadership everywhere, right? So I think uh I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I personally have Philly in my top five. Uh, my bottom five, sorry.
0: Oh, I, if, if they can't get, I mean, they hired who, uh, Tortorella. So we know how that's going to go. He's probably going to be good for like a year and a half and then lose the room.
1: <laughs> I don't know why teams keep hiring him. I really don't like, cause he's had
0: success. Like, like Columbus has had their best stretch in franchise history under Tortorella.
1: Yeah. And like, even I think it was Giro even said it like he, guys like torts. He likes torts. But today's NHL doesn't respond to guys like the torts and the Babcocks and stuff the way that the old school guys used to, right? You gotta be a little more, a little more pampering and a little more, you know, let's talk about it kind of stuff, not the You, you need know, to be a player's can, coach now. Yeah, exactly. And there's quite a few of those in NHL nowadays. And it's it's nice to see the new coaching systems.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that team turns out. But you know, we're gonna start in the Pacific. We'll get to the, the Metro and the Atlantic in a bit. We're gonna start in the Pacific. Yo, Calgary, like we're gonna just start it off with Calgary. Um
1: how could you not?
0: <laughs> man, they they lose Giroux, uh or they lose Goudreau and Kachuk. They bring in Uyghur, Kadri, and uh Huberto. I don't know, man. Like this team is like are they better than they were last year? Are they even? Is Uyghur gonna be a massive addition that like is this like that flips? how this season goes for them like there's there's a lot of question marks with Calgary
1: so first off I've never seen a team go from oh no they're going to be on on the rebuilding side of things this team's gonna be really bad to oh my god they contend they're they're gonna contend I've never seen a team do that in like two weeks like that's (laughs) it was it was crazy to see so Matthew Kachuk left and that was a hard one for Flames fans you know uh but I think Johnny Goudreau is is the big offensive piece that left right Uh, And I think Matthew Huchak left right after him, just being like, hey, I don't want to be part of this rebuild. And then they go and get Weger, who is a top defenseman. Like, that guy is going to take a lot of minutes. He's really going to help Anderson out there. Um, I mean, Hubadro, he's been so underrated because he's been playing in Florida, which up until the last couple of years hasn't really been a huge hockey market, and they've blown up, right? So now everybody knows kind of more who Hubadro is. Uh, And then you get Kadri, who... Kadri did really well on a Colorado cup winning team and I don't get me wrong I think Codri's gonna be really good in Calgary I just think that that contract might turn and bite them in the ass at seven times seven but at the end of the day you got to pay for a player's good years and their declining years right so
0: yeah and I mean if Codri can stay disciplined because like the only reason why Codri was out of Toronto was because he had a habit of the stupid penalty at the bad time Right. You know, we all remember the, the basically the hit to the head into the boards against Toronto, against Boston a couple of years ago. Like it was stuff like that where people were like, he's good. He's really good, but he's undisciplined. And if he can stay disciplined and he should be disciplined under Sutter, this could be one of those things where you have like four really good years. And then you have three like, OK, he's he's paid too much. His role starting to decline, you know but those real those four years those are going to be like four years of prime same thing with Huberto. like those those four years for both those contracts like if they buy into Sutter's system they're prime for four really really good years and then three years of like it's a bad contract but you can stomach it cuz they're not going to hurt you they're just not going to be worth the money
1: 100%. And I think you're absolutely right. The four years is kind of that window for Calgary with the current roster that they got. Uh, they got a lot of really good guys that are coming up. Like Manjia had a really good start to the season last year. Uh, he kind of slowed down a little bit through that midway point. But if he can be, you know, even three quarters as consistent as he was last year through the whole season, guys like him, Dylan Dubé, like these are guys that are Really, going to compliment those big boys on the top line, right? And then you can't forget about, uh, you know, well, I mean, Monaghan's gone too, um, but Monaghan kind of was dealing you know, with a lot of injuries. But you can't forget all the guys like Lindholm. Like, Lindholm's been a star since he showed up in Calgary. And uh, I think the team's going to be a really good team. And uh, with Codrey's addition, with the departure of Matthew Kachak, Codrey's going to take over some of that pest um, you know, role. And I think that Battle of Alberta is going to be just as fun as it was. Uh, Slightly less advantage to Edmonton with Cassian being gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, moving into to Edmonton because they've also been a team that's like made a little bit of splash, but not really. You know, they brought in Jack Campbell, they got rid of Mike Smith and and Koskinen. There, it looks like they're going to run with uh, Campbell and uh, Skinner as their goalies next year. But that's a team that like they need depth. They need. Someone in their middle six to, to you know, step up. And it can't just be McDavid and Dry You know, they brought back Kane, which I think is is a good move for them. I think he did really well with them when he came in. Uh, you know, but it's it's Yamamoto and Poliarvi who are going to need to step up. They're on prove it deals. This team, like, you have three years left of, of Dry Sidle and four years left of McDavid. It's kind of boomer bust for this franchise.
1: Oh, 100%. And, you're you're right. Yamamoto, uh, Pujarvi; those are the guys that really do have to step up. Uh, these are the guys that have had bad, big expectations on them since they come to the organization, right? Uh, you got the guys like Bouchard, for example. Like Bouchard, man, like that guy. I don't know why they didn't sign him long term. Like that guy is going to be such a stud. But yeah, goaltending tandem of Campbell and uh, Skinner is going to be good. Skinner did, did pretty good, but he's a rookie, right? He's a young guy. Campbell did decent in Toronto, um, but yeah. We, we, Connor McDavid and and Drysaddle, it's their time, and I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they did a you know a, an exit interview last year, saying like we need to do something because we need to win. This is kind of getting tiring. Like last year, they were in a weakest division in the NHL, and they made the playoffs. They beat an LA team, um, and LA was was not a playoff team. They just weren't. I'm sorry, Calgary. Edmonton then beat Calgary. Calgary lost. They yeah, lost, Calgary beat yeah. themselves yeah essentially. And then they ran into a real playoff team like Colorado, and they just got erased. They looked like a team that should not have been in the playoffs. And if they want to compete with the Colorados of the, you know of the Western Conference, they're gonna need, like you said, uh, that middle of the pack group that needs to do a lot better.
0: yeah, and I mean, they have they're almost seven million dollars over the cap um according to cap friendly, they're sitting at like six point seven eight one million dollars over the cap. At a roster size of twenty-one, twenty-three. Out uh, of twenty-one and twenty-three, this is a team that you kind of look at and like. The Pacific has gotten better, you know. Anaheim is going to take that next step, you know. Zegers, Terry, uh, Drysdale, Mctavish, like, like they're all going to be there. You added they added in Klingberg, you know. Gibson is still there, so that team like Anaheim should improve. Vegas should be healthy outside of Leonard and like their goaltending situation. Stone and uh Michael are gonna be healthy, you know. You can't feel they also have to
1: fill the thrill.
0: Yeah, and like he's gonna be in a reduced role, but he's in Vegas, so like he's gonna be given opportunities to succeed. And it's just like Edmonton is relying a lot on Campbell, like Campbell is gonna probably be like a 60 goal, like a 60 game goalie. There's no way they run a tandem of like four like 50. 30 it's it's realistically going to be like it's 55 60 to 25 20 at least it should be
1: yeah Um, that makes sense
0: so they're they're in a tough spot and you know la didn't do i mean actually speaking of la la did probably the next best thing out of that division when they got
1: fiala fiala was one of those hot commodities that everybody wanted um, he chose LA and LA chose him, which I think is a really good fit for him. Um, in Minnesota, he fit really well, but I think LA still has a lot of young guys that are coming up. I think he can be uh, really good playing with just about anybody in that team. Um, yeah, LA is going to be good, but I mean, I think quick is a big question mark for me. Um, he's had a lot of really off seasons followed by a good season. He's also getting up there in age. Um, so I think goaltending is going to be their big question over at LA.
0: Yeah, and I mean you're also looking at guys like they're young guys, Byfield, uh, Kalayev, uh, and Velarde, uh kind of stepping up in that forward group. And you know you bring in a guy like Fiala, and you can kind of shelter, you know, Byfield with him. You put that your your second line or third line with Fiala, Byfield, and Kalayev, and you kind of have it sheltered. Caring, like that sheltered line with Fiala like it gives them some room to to bring these young guys up but for LA to get back to the playoffs they need these young guys to step up and you know another another big part of that was on defense you know Sean like Sean is still in RFA he was you know uh probably one of the happier storylines or surprise storylines of last year for LA kind of taking in that role You know, he was relied heavily on once Drew Doughty was hurt. Like, he's the guy that you look at and you're like, man, this guy's the future, like a future stud, like a top four D in this league if he continues to progress the way he has. And, you know, L.A. just, they have they need a lot to go well for them to make it back to the playoffs.
1: 100%. And, like, Drew Doughty, who's by far been their best defenseman since pretty much his entire career. He's gonna be, in, if I'm not wrong, 33 by the mid of the season, right? Like, yeah. There's um, there's a lot of older parts mixed in with a lot of newer parts in that team, so it's a matter of uh, everybody clicking together and seeing what they can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, he'll he's turning 33 in December. He's currently cap friendly, has him on uh, LTIR, so I don't know if he's going to start the season there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume so, but you know LA is one of those teams that like you look at and you're like hey they made it last year it should be a little bit tougher division you know who's going to step up and and kind of help them propel themselves into another playoff spot and i think it's going to be interesting it's definitely going to be a team to watch because you're going to have seattle and san jose kind of in the bottom again i i think we can anyone who's paying attention could probably agree that those two are going to be the bottom two teams in the Pacific. 100%. So you have Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas, and then you have Vancouver, L.A., and Anaheim kind of vying for that
1: 4-5 spot in the division. It's going to be, again, I think it's the the division's gotten stronger, and I still think it's going to be one of the weakest divisions. Which is crazy to say. Like it's actually yeah. like crazy
0: to think that like they've. Pro- it's been in the division that's actually probably had the most change. Realistically, I think if you look at like the big names, Calgary's led the way in that, obviously. Um, but you look across the board, like they've probably had the some of the bigger names, and bigger storylines into that division. Um, oh yeah, even just recently still... – So go ahead and no, they're still going to be considered probably the weakest division in the NHL.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, even for example, recently with that JT Miller extension in Vancouver, like I, I didn't see that coming. To be honest with you, I didn't think JT Miller was going to be there for much longer. But he obviously sees something in that Canucks team that some of us might not see. I, I think they have really good pieces. Like, uh, uh you know, Pedersen going to be phenomenal. Uh, Quinn, there's a lot coming out of that team, and I think it's just going to be a matter of finding little pieces to help build. Uh, to help complement some of these bigger guys that are going to be you know, coming in. But, um, yeah, JT Miller was another one that came off the board uh, in the Pacific. Uh, that was, I think, a, a bit of a shocker for me.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you also have the addition of Kuzmenko into that yeah. top yeah. nine. You know, see how he plays in the North American game. But, really, I think if if we were looking at it right now, um, you know, they're, they're, they should be – with Vegas in that like third spot? You know, they have better goaltending, you know, with Leonard being hurt for the entire year, like he's expected to miss all season, you have to give them the edge in goaltending. It doesn't matter if they can actually play. Like it's it just the on ice is gonna really depend and really gonna make a, a difference.
1: So let me ask you this based off of on paper what the teams are like now, which team in the Pacific do you think wins? The division.
0: I think it's Calgary's to lose. Honestly, I think Uyghur is going to be a huge, huge piece to that defense. He's going to fit Sutter's system perfectly. Mm -hmm. I would not be shocked if Uyghur is actually in Norris' conversation like halfway through the year. Like by the time it hits January 1st, I would not be shocked if Uyghur is in the conversation for a Norris Trophy. I don't think he's going to be a finalist. I think, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of break into that top three with Makar and Fox and Hedman and Yossi, but he's definitely going to be in the conversation. Uh, uh-huh. Huberto and, and Kaj are going to be massive. I, and then you have Markstrom, who's arguably the best goaltender in that division. I think it's
1: theirs to lose. I agree, 100%. I uh is is my choice as well, too. I think they're a phenomenal team. Um, like I said, they lost big pieces, but they gained even bigger pieces. Markstrom is just a monster. He's uh, he's probably I'm going to say probably top five in the NHL for goalies, my opinion. Um, and Weger, he went underrated because again playing in Florida, uh, which wasn't a huge market for a long time. Um, I'm really glad to see Florida's kicked up that market though because uh, they have really good fans out there. They have a really good building. Uh, they have a really good team. Florida's two really good teams. Uh, but yeah, so back to Calgary. I think Calgary, same thing. Um, like you said earlier, I think Kadi is going to is going to flourish under the um, uh, Sutter regime.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. Um, but you know what? Let's move on. We're gonna the way we're gonna do this. We're gonna do Pacific, Metro, Central, and then finish off with the Atlantic. And that's how we're gonna do the the recaps so, uh, or like the more in depth stuff. So so you guys know. So next week's episode will be the Pacific, and we'll go in depth with basically every team a little bit more than what we're doing today. Um, But we're going to start in the central. And, like, Colorado is the cream of the crop out of this division. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I know we're saying that, like, the Pacific will be the worst division or, like, looks like the worst division. But if you look at it, like, the central could just be as bad, right? Like, there's Colorado. And then you have Arizona and Chicago at the bottom and that middle pack, there's really no difference between St. Louis, Nashville, Minnesota, and Winnipeg.
1: Anybody yeah. Now? So Colorado hands down is going to be the power team again. Um, if they're winning that division, I'm not even gonna, there's, there's no question about it. Uh, but yeah, the, I think St. Louis is going to be a good team again this year. Nashville kind of ha- has been a quietly good team for the last couple of years. Uh, Minnesota as well. Um, yeah, but when you look at the guys like Chicago and Arizona, like that's – Arizona's kind of just been in the same situation for so many years. Um, it's kind of a reputation they got. But Chicago is really surprising to see where they're at. Um, I guess also a lot of adversity to the organization, like that they've had to deal with. So I think it's kind of – we saw changes coming and from top of the personnel to the players. Um, but, yeah, Colorado is going to run away with it. Uh, I think they're the cup favorites again, to be honest to go back to back
0: yeah and i mean i think colorado is going to be a favorite in in many people's polls over like you'll probably hear about in the next couple of weeks but you know chicago we have the uh kyle beach incident that kind of put a dark cloud over that franchise all year long you bring in kyle davidson you there was some expectations that okay could they go one way could go the other and draft night happens they trade to bring it to ottawa for like a first second and a third round pick. Then they trade Kirby doc, which wasn't very surprising. Cause I think he, it was kind of clear that like he might not have fit the long-term plan, even though he is only like 21, 22, but he's traded to Montreal for a first, uh, and then a first round pick and another pick like, And then you have, you're, you're still keeping Tays and Kane. And I think that's the confusing part. You traded two very young pieces but you didn't trade Taves and Keane who are on expiring deals.
1: So I think uh, either they're going to try and get it done before camp or, you know, before season starts, or you use them as uh, Chip's common trade deadline to a team that's in a serious you know contender mode but might be missing, you know, a little bit of that firepower, and that's where they they really rip people off. They they friggin go all in and they really take another team for everything they got for one. Like
0: they, ha- they both have full no move clause. So like, would they really gain anything for holding on to them to how, like through to the trade deadline? Like realistically, if you're, if you're Chicago and you're like, Hey guys, we're going through a build rebuild. Obviously we want you to stay in. Like, we're going to give you the option to stay because of who you are and what you've done for this organization. But at the end of the day, like you would want to move them as soon as possible. Cause no matter when you move them, they're still in full control. And I think we saw, we saw that with you know Taylor Hall to Boston trade where they got like Buffalo got like a second round pick for him. Uh, we saw it with the Florida pick to for Giroux, where Giroux was like, I'm only going to Florida. This is the only team I'll accept the trade to right now. And so I don't necessarily think that they're going to get a better return if they wait till like January, February to move them. They might actually get a worse return.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I, I guess at the end of the day, You can look at it as they know that they're on expiring contracts. So you're going to get what you're going to get for them, you know, at trade deadline. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talks with Patrick Kane, uh, kind of involved in like a three way trade where, you know, hold Chicago will uh, hold 50% of the salary. The second team holds 50% of that leftover. So the third team that gets him is hanging on to 25% of his salary. And then, you know, then he goes to a place like Toronto or Boston. Uh, you know, there's been a bunch of teams that have speculated like, uh, Edmonton uh, Tays. I, I don't, I haven't really heard much about Tays, which is a little more surprising, but uh, I know some of the talks from Toronto is, you know, let them patch the torch from the best American player to the next best uh, American player, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, having Patrick Kane play on the line with, with McDavid or something. I think at the end of the day, Patrick Kane's going to go somewhere where he knows he's going to get paid again next year. Might be closer to home in Buffalo. On I, w- I wouldn't be
0: shocked if he's in a Buffalo jersey
1: next year. I think he's going to do
0: the same thing that he did, like that Giroux's done, and go home. I I wouldn't be shocked about it. I just don't think Buffalo trades for him. I think it's one of those things where they're like, it's like Ottawa was like they're like, we could trade for you, but we know we probably have a good chance of landing you in free agency,
1: so may as well just wait till then. Exactly, and the big talk was if you can get him for cheap, fine. But like I mean really cheap. Otherwise, like it's common sense that he's probably gonna go home. And honestly, yeah. I can picture Kane in, in, in a Buffalo jersey. And Buffalo's done some good things, man. Like they're they're gonna be a really good team again, uh, really soon. And if you add Patty Kane for a few years into that, you know, mix, that's just a huge bonus. Yeah. And you know, I think there's gonna be a surprise team. I think
0: Nashville is gonna surprise a lot of people. Um, they brought they got McDonough out of Tampa. Uh, they were able to acquire him. So your left side is your top four on your left side is going to be, you know, Roman Yosi and Ryan McDonough.
1: Dirty, like Crazy. I'm pretty
0: sure, and I'm pretty sure Eckholm is your third pairing left defenseman. I, <laughs> I think he's a left defenseman. I, I, can't, I let me check. Yeah, so your your top three are going to be Roman Yosi, Ryan McDonough, and Matthias Eckholm on your left side. I mean, that's a that's, that's a pretty sure. damn good left side.
1: Yeah, and then you
0: have, like. Their right side is going to struggle. You got Dante Fabro, who's going to be your your top pairing guy, mm-hmm. um, Jeremy Luzon, and then Alexander Carrier. That, that's your right side.
1: Yeah, um, yeah,
0: that's right side's a little weak for sure. But like you, you, realistically, if you look at Tampa's right side compared to their left side, they're like they two cups. It was ridiculously weak comparatively.
1: Yeah, but they had a, a big group of forwards that were really, really able to make up for that gap. And their, their left side was able to make, sorry, the right side was able to really compensate for the weak left. Like it was, they had a really stacked team, man. And their forwards, they had a, a lot of defensive minded forwards that can, you know, play both sides of the sheet, man, really well.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious, I, Like they brought in rider. And I'm curious on if that's going to be like a hidden gem kind of signing for them. If you're talking about like defensive forwards who can produce offensively, I feel like Niederreiter is one of those guys that like is going to sneak into that role for them and, and produce like
1: 45, 50 points next season. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Honestly, I, when I looked at him, I, I was looking at him probably in June. And I was thinking any team he goes to, he's going to sneak into some team and he's going to do really well. Uh, He's one of those guys that just wasn't talked about enough last year. I actually thought for sure that a team like Ottawa or uh, a team like Boston was going to go after him. Yeah. And I
0: think Ottawa, like there was probably some discussion about it because it would make sense for him to go to Ottawa kind of, but I think that would have been if they had to move like a guy like Formanton or Brown in a trade for a top four and like, you know, if that was the case, then maybe he would have gone, but we all know that hasn't happened yet. And Baron was moved to Washington. Um, I think we were supposed to talk about the Metro and then we're in the yeah. Central. <laughs> That's okay. Central's fine, man. I don't mind man. doing this. Yeah, again, like uh, we said, we are rusty. Uh, <laughs> thanks, it's been a while thanks. since we've done anything like this. So give us time and we'll be back to, to chipper, you know, on par, like exactly what we're doing week in and week out. I'm always uh, chipper. I'm always chipper. I would be chipper, but today's going by really quickly, and I can't believe it's September already. So, um, yeah, that yeah, was... I can't believe it's already Labor Day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to talk about Dallas really quick. Uh, losing Klingberg. that was a big one. Um, I I think he I I honestly think um like. He wasn't underrated. Everybody gave him the respect he deserved, but I think he did a lot more for Dallas than most people give him credit for. And that Dallas team, like their leadership, is aging. Like you know, like when you look at um, Tyler Seguin, for example, like they're like their top two guys aren't getting any younger. And then you get rid of Klingberg, like they're going to be in rebuild mode probably the next three years. The only really good thing they got going for them is um, uh, Jake Ottinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andre, 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 Andre. sorry. And yeah. you just resigned today, didn't you? I think you just extended today. It was uh yeah, it was today. It was over the weekend I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was, a, what was It was like 4-5 million a year. It's something like that.
0: I don't know. Okay. I think realistically looking at like I mean, And I think this is where I have no issue with Dallas kind of moving on from Klingberg at 30, especially on a long-term deal, you know. He had 32 and 58, 36 and 53, and then 47 and 72 or 74 in the last three seasons. He had 40. Like he's been good offensively. And I mean, those are pretty decent numbers for a defenseman. But if you're paying someone seven, eight mil till the time they're like 37, 38, um, you kind of want it more consistently around like the 50 point mark. And if you're Dallas, you, you can't really justify spending that kind of money on someone Who production wise isn't there. And I think, I don't know if he's going to hurt the team leaving, but I don't see him. I don't see Dallas being better with him. I don't see them like with him on the roster versus without him on the roster. I'm not sure there's a big enough gap for that personally.
1: With him starting one year in Anaheim, do you see him? Being a big piece in Anaheim this year, or do you think him being in Anaheim now is just kind of like that one year bridge a gap and go from there type deal? Oh, he's he's going to be a huge piece. It's going to
0: allow you're going to they're going to stick Dryside or Drysdale between Klingberg and Schattenkirk. Yeah, that makes sense that's exactly me. what you want. Personally, yeah, fine, yeah. Like, you you look at that and you're like, okay, that's a pretty good duo to, to learn behind. Right? I think Shadenkirk is a lot better than people give him credit for. Uh, I know we had a bad stint after uh leaving St. Louis. He went to to New York and it didn't work out. But he he was solid um in Washington and, and he kind of parlayed that into a really good contract form in in Anaheim. But I don't know, I feel like this is a good mm-hmm. spot for him. He he's gonna be given number one time, he's gonna work with Fowler, he's Playing with a young, uh, offensive-minded team, so I think he's going to get rejuvenated. I wouldn't be shocked if someone offers him like eight and a half times six or times five next year.
1: It won't be Anaheim. They have way too many players that are going to be coming down that pipe in you know, three, four years that they're going to have. So it, it won't be with that. Oh, that's so my This is like a. This is basically a gap year. This is gonna you bring in Klingberg
0: to to learn to help Drysital. Or Drysdale. That, that's, yeah. who that's who you do it. That's what you do it for. Um, so I'm not even worried about that. I think it's a good pickup for Anaheim, and I think he's going to do well. But if, if I'm Dallas, I have no issue letting him walk. Unfortunately.
1: Fair. So is Dallas a better team or worse team than they were last year? I
0: think they're going to be worse, but not. It's not going to be like a Klingberg effect. I just think that team overall was going to be worse either way. I think. You don't have; they don't have enough talent in the pipeline to to continue to contend. You have Garyanov who kind of slid down compared to like when he first came out of the scene, where he was all hot. Like Mason Marchment's going to be a huge addition, but is he enough to to propel them? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think this team's bet, like is worse off with like than they were last year. Okay,
1: that's fair. So who wins the central?
0: Colorado, but I think now like, I think Colorado is going to win it r- not ra- like relatively easy, but I think it's going to be like a 10 point difference between them and who's ever second. I think Nashville should be the favorite to slot in right underneath uh Colorado, and you're going to probably have Minnesota in at number three and arguably Winnipeg. I would not like I think Winnipeg at in that four spot is a pretty good. A good spot for them.
1: I think Colorado takes it as well. I think uh, second closest team is going to be Minnesota. They're going to be 15 points behind them. Yeah. yeah I'm,
0: see, I'm not sold on Minnesota. I oh. I think losing Fiala, like you're, they're going to be relying on Boldy and Rossi. And like they're going to be relying on some really young guys to step up and replace that production. And you have you know Flurry, who didn't actually look that good in Minnesota. Like you, you watch him from that trade on. He didn't look very good. He he kind of looked shaky. So you're running with what Flurry and Gustafson. And everyone knows if you follow me on Twitter, I'm a huge Gus fan. I think he's he has all the talent and the potential to be a legitimate NHL starter. But going into a season with those two as my goalies, knowing what happened last year with them, and you know how hot and cold goalies get. I think Minnesota is one of those teams that like is going to fall flat of expectations.
1: Guess I'll have to wait and see.
0: Oh yeah. It's going to be, Hey, it's going to be a conversation all year about it. You know, I think, you know, obviously Kaprasov is going to be good enough to, to help win them games and they have some really good pieces, but I think losing Fiala is going to hurt them a lot more than people were like want it to.
1: No, that's a fair, that's a fair statement.
0: Uh, So we're moving over to the Metro because we were supposed to talk about them first. Um, Is it, is it fair to say that this is continuously going to be the hardest division in the NHL till at least Pittsburgh and Washington fall off?
1: I think it's, I think the Metro is always one of those divisions where it's always hardest to guess where everyone's going to fall because some teams, like for example, the Islanders last year, uh, they didn't do. They didn't do very. They didn't do very well. They didn't make any moves. But the expectation is that they're going to do a lot better this year. Still, and that's just because they had a really off season. New Jersey's got a lot of young guys that are up and coming. I think they're gonna they're gonna take a jump this year. They're gonna do decent for sure. I think Philly drops at the bottom. I think Pittsburgh and Washington, although I've been powerhouses for a long time, will take a step back this year. This is the year that Pittsburgh and Munch, and uh, Pittsburgh and Washington take a step back. Uh, Carolina's coming in hot Columbus with the acquisition of Johnny Goudreau I uh, think good Branson following him to Columbus I think that's going to be another team that people can't sleep on
0: okay, can we talk about how Ottawa fans hated good Branson and we're like get him out of town I, I'm trying to figure out the justification of him getting a four times four from Columbus like he I honestly in, a, in Calgary holy crap was he good gonna, he, he was not up, the same guy yeah, and I think this is like it's all about structure, right? Like, he yeah. looked really good in a, in a, he was playing kind of like I looked into it. He was kind of, he was playing about the same amount of minutes he was in Ottawa and then in Calgary. But Calgary was also just a better offensive team than Ottawa was with him, in, in, like when he was here. I still don't think it's enough to parlay that into a four times four. Like, is it fair to say that Columbus has arguably the worst contract signing? And the best contract signing in the <laughs> offseason, I'm very par- like you have Eric Goodbranson at four times four, and then you have Johnny Goudreau. And I think, I think it's fair to say that they had the worst and the best signing of free agency.
1: it it'd be a close one. I still, to me, I still think the Kadri one's going to be is, is, is a pretty bad one in my opinion. Uh, good player, but the yeah. But anyways, no, I I, I think <laughs> Goodbranson you probably could have got him for two point five. You're probably going to give him that guy four years at 2.5, and he would have been a static He would have taken it, Um but yeah, it's he, the way he in Calgary. He also had a better defense. I think he was uh, relied on a little more in in Ottawa as a as a leadership role, and I think to, because of that, he just wasn't able to, you know, just play as opposed to in Calgary where they have you know the Andersons and stuff like that, and he was able to, you know, just kind of play his game. And I think he's going to go to he's going to go to uh, Columbus to do the same thing, just be able to play his game. Um, he's going to go in there, he's going to smash people, and he's just going to, you know, he's he's going to do good. But agreed, yeah, four times four was freaking ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and then you sign Johnny Goudreau to, like, 9.75, and then you have, you know, I'll give him credit. You also got line A for four years. Like, I'll, I'll give Columbus credit. They probably had a, real, they had a really decent offseason. I think who they were able to bring in and keep, uh, I'll give him credit for it, and then you have two of the better rookies, or you have one really good rookie and Kent Johnson. And Cole, you know, gonna Cole be Cylinder is going to be Cole
1: coming in as a sophomore. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. Like you know, Voracek's there too. Uh, I mean, Voracek's been on the decline for a while, but I think Voracek you know is good over there. Um, he was
0: on the decline. He had like forty assists last year. Had him on, fan- on fantasy in, like, three of my teams, I don't know how many times he
1: won me a week because of how many assists this guy would get. It was crazy. Right. That's fair. I still think he's declining, though. I'm not saying he's bad. He's declining. Say as yeah, Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux is still good, but he's declining. Yeah, I mean, um, at
0: 33, you'd expect them to start their skill to start a little bit going down. I mean, that's just kind of natural progression.
1: Nope, 100%. Would you um... – what do you make of? Um, I mean, they got him last year too, but like Adam Boquist, I think has looked pretty decent in in Columbus. I think he had like twenty two or twenty four points last season, but I think he's gonna he's gonna step up this year. He's still really young, man. He's still what twenty? 20- he's twenty two. Two, yeah. He literally so- turned twenty two in in
0: all interest. So like, it's okay. I don't know. I feel like because like he he was drafted in uh, two thousand and eighteen. Uh, He was the eighth overall pick. And then everyone had these high expectations of him because of his draft status. And like, you know, he was doing well overseas. His D plus one year, he went to uh, London and and killed it. He had 60 points in 58 games in London in 1819. And then just struggled mightily to find his game in the NHL. And, you know, last year he he was pretty good. I think people expected him to be some like fucking uh, Adam Fox type level defenseman. And I think that's where the the problems lie is like, oh, you're going to be like a 50 point getter in the NHL as a defenseman. Most defensemen, even top edge defensemen fall between like 25 and 45. Like realistically, I think if you look at it most, like unless you're an elite tier, like you're the top of the top most top four defensemen will f- consistently fall between like 30, 25, 30 to 45 points year to year basis. Uh, And I think that's kind of where he's going to be. I mean, the addition of Goudreau should kind of spike him, but I like Buckwitz. I think he's going to be really good. Um, It's just, hopefully he takes that next step.
1: Uh, Ovi, Ovi, how many, how many goals that Ovi gets this year?
0: O- Ovechkin, I'm saying he hits 43.
1: But I, I also know. only
0: think, I think he only plays like seventy five games though, I don't, or like I'm, gonna hit, I'm I think he hits seventy games. I think he misses about twelve games this year.
1: Okay, fair enough. I think um, I think he's going to decline a little bit. and He's going to go down to thirty nine. Huh, ballsy. Uh, and, and, and that's and it's oh my. This is going to sound terrible. This is going to sound terrible. I'm a Canadian, and I'm probably going to get some backlash. I hope he beats Gretzky's record. Yeah. Only, only because Gretzky's the greatest. But to score that many goals in today's NHL is a big, big. It's task. different. It's a, it's a different and, task. And it'd be fun to have, you know, somebody else kind of take up that mantle. I think Gretzky would be the first person to come out and congratulate him. If I mean, oh, obviously, it's not going to happen thing. this. It's not going to happen this year uh, by any means. But I just mean, like in general, I think uh, it's been fun watching Ovi throughout his career so far, and. Yeah, I, I really hope he takes over you know, that freaking title.
0: Yeah, and I mean, another team I think we have to watch out is New Jersey. You know, you—I you, don't. I think they made a bad trade for Zaka for Hala. Uh, I mm. think that was actually a downgrade for for the team. Um, but you have Dawson Mercer, who's kind of turning into his own player. Um, you brought in Andre Palat, and it's going to be really interesting to see. How he plays outside of of Tampa is he actually as good as people think he is, or is he a product of Tampa? And I think it's fair to ask. I think anyone a who fair question like I mean, anyone who isn't Stamkos, Kucherov, or Point isn't like, you. You're gonna ask. I mean, Coleman was even about that. Like even when he because he kind of turned it a different gear. Um, but on the defense, and I think this is gonna be a huge one, and it they probably have arguably the best right side. In the NHL,
1: yeah, I can agree with that. Actually, the, like, honestly, they're they're underrated. I really think they're that quiet dog in the fight this year. I really do. Dougie Hamilton,
0: John Marino, and Damon Severson, and then you have Simon Nemec, who they drafted, who seems like he could be going back overseas, but they're going to bring him to camp and allow him to like show what he has. Mm-hmm. Um, But you know, the the John Marino, Ty Smith. Like, Ty Smith went from, like, a tier A prospect to being the outcast for in the future. Like, he got beat out by Ryan Graves and Jonas Singenthaler, and he was moved for for John Marino. And, like, that's crazy how this kid went from being, like, the top end, like, this guy's going to be a stud, he's killing it, to now being in in Pittsburgh and, you know, we'll have a chance to be a top four in Pittsburgh, but it's crazy how much this
1: league changes. And Marino, I mean, Marino's phenomenal. He's a great defensive man. That's That was a good catch for, for New Jersey, 100%. And I'm curious on what it,
0: like, I know Ottawa was in the conversation with Marino. I know his name was brought up a lot. And you look at the return that Pittsburgh got for Marino, and... You know, it was a third round pick in Ty Smith. Mm-hmm. Would the equivalent have been a third round pick in Eric Brandstrom?
1: Maybe, but at the same time, maybe he wasn't sold on what Ottawa was selling, right?
0: I mean, it didn't really matter. No. He, he has no control. But I think it's also like, does it, I mean, I'm curious on if Ottawa was looking at him and being like, "Are you actually a long term solution?" Like, I know you're you have four you have four years left at four point four. You're only twenty five, but. You have Lassie Thompson, you have JBD, you know, you have those guys, and you're probably like, huh. Maybe maybe it doesn't really fit into the the long-term plan of where Ottawa sits, especially if they want to keep Zoob long time. And maybe that's something they were looking at, but like you look at that return and you're like, you couldn't have gotten something better for this guy. Yeah. Like well, it I just know. makes you wonder, like, were they like were they in a rush to sell? Like, was there something going on? Like, why were they I feel like they took a lesser offer than they probably could have gotten for him.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, That sounds about right to me. Uh, Metro, who else? Let's see. J-j-j-j. I mean, I... the Rangers. What did the Rangers this year? Carolina. They didn't really do much. Yeah.
0: Like, they brought in Vincent Trocek to replace Strom. Like, they didn't really, outside Which, of that, they didn't really do much. No, that's an upgrade, though. Trichester it is 100 percent But like Carolina, I think, also did really well. Um like they lost, they lost Nita Rider, which is unfortunate. Um they lost Trocheck. They brought in Paul Stasny. You know, you you hope that Seth Jarvis kind of takes that next step this year and kind of fills into that role. And I think you know, that's probably why they thought Nita Rider could, you know leave is that like you had seth jarvis you have cock and the emmy can they, those guys kind of take that role and and build with it but they brought in brent burns and i'm they have and this is crazy according on, on on cap friendly they have seven defensemen listed on their active roster two of them are left-handed in in jacob slot uh, slavin and brady shea
1: huh, everyone else so is right-handed so, they got a bunch of, of right handed defensemen. I know teams that need some right handed defensemen, and they got a bunch of left handed defensemen, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that defense, like your top four,
0: is going to be Jacob Slavin, Brent Burns, Brady Shea, and Brett Percy. I mean, I and mean then your, your bottom two is probably going to be like Ethan Bear and then somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, I was,
1: the the Brent the Brent Burns trade was a shocker to me. To be honest, with you. I, I I honestly thought he was gonna retire a sure. shark. I really did.
0: I'm surprised they moved Burns and not Carlson. Like I'm surprised they were able to move Burns and not move Carlson.
1: A lot more money to move. A lot more money. I mean, if you had a, another team involved, maybe or you know salary tension, whatever. But it's uh, Eric Carlson probably doesn't want to go anywhere. He probably loves car- uh, living in. Uh, California, and at the same time, he gets way more money to move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, a, it's like three – it's $3.5 million to move Carlson. Yeah. And on a team like so, Carolina – But it still, moves, you, I think like yeah. you look at Burns and you're like – you move Burns, but you couldn't move Carlson. Yeah. Well, maybe they didn't want to it's move Carlson. Those, Who knows? I mean, I, I don't expect Carlson to finish his career in uh, in San Jose. No, I think he'll Ooh. be either bought out
1: or or traded. I don't see him finishing his career in San Jose. Hot take, and then he finds the team with his best friend, Swede, in the league, and that's where he goes. I guess we'll see where that is.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, But yeah, I don't. Outside of Carolina, I think like there, those are the three teams. I think Carolina, Columbus, and New Jersey. And I mean, Carolina's been at the top of the Metro for the last couple of years, and they become mm-hmm. like within that group. But like, you look at those those three teams and you're like the rangers are going to be in the playoffs. They they there's no reason for them not to be in the playoffs. Um you know what's one thing we didn't mention about Colorado? Gorgiev hmm. instead of Kemper and like New York moving yeah. on from Gorgiev. Like that that was a big trade cuz that kind of sealed the deal for Kemper leaving. Yeah. And yeah. he ended up in Washington so that's uh that's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, yeah, it was a small, like a small trade. Tree. I, know. I think, I think, I think the Rangers. I think the Rangers are a better team today. I think, um, I think the Rangers could really make a, could really make a run for the top of that Metro. Oh, they should win it. Like the, the, I, the Metro is theirs to lose, in my opinion. See, I was thinking the with Carolina. I think Carolina is theirs to lose. So when I ask, I was gonna ask who do you think's gonna win the Metro? So you say you say the Rangers is
0: gonna be I mean you have Shesterkin and Halak versus Anderson and Ranta, and I think that's really what it's gonna come down to is you know if Freddie if a healthy Franny Anderson can replicate what he did last year before he got hurt, um it's gonna be a very interesting race between those two, but I kinda like it's hard not to give it to the team that kind of dominated all year last year in that division. Um, they had some setbacks and it's gonna be a tight race. I don't think they win it like they don't win it by more than three points like three points. I think it's like a game and a half difference between Carolina and New York who wins that division. but I think right now New York has should be the favorite.
1: I'm gonna go with Carolina as the favorite with New York very, very much on their ass. Really. I I, Again, I think it's a
0: toss-up between those two. I think if you're looking at a healthy team, because obviously injuries play a factor in all this. like We know that. But if you're looking at healthy teams, I I personally look at both of them being like, it's a coin toss. It's going to be very close all year long. So I'm excited to watch this division go down. Because I think you have the top two with Carolina and, and New York. And then you have arguably like, the four teams of Columbus, New Jersey, um, Washington, Pittsburgh in that middle of like, you know, you can't really discount Washington and Pittsburgh, especially with who's on that roster. They like, um, and you look at Philly and the Islanders and you're like, okay, like you guys have some holes, you have some issues, but you could surprise
1: us. Like, um, Philly, Philly's gonna eat the bottom of the shoe this year. I'm, I just, I don't know, man. i just getting a gut feeling they're gonna eat the bottom of the shoe this year. I mean, but, it's very possible. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You can't discredit. Like, I think I don't think the Metro's gonna be the best division by any means, but I think they're gonna be one of the tightest divisions.
0: Oh, and they always are. I think this is gonna be the tightest division, and you're not gonna have a clear. Like, I feel like this is gonna be a division that isn't um, solved. Until like mm. the final like week of the regular season, um, and one thing before we move on to the Atlantic with the Metro is Washington. Nicholas Backstrom is out for the foreseeable
1: future, so they brought in gap. Dylan. Pardon? It's a big gap to fill.
0: It is you. You go from uh, Kuznetsov and Backstrom down the middle as your one two, to now Kuznetsov and Dylan Strom as your one two. Uh, and Dylan Strom spent part of the year. In the press box with Chicago. So, like, you brought him, you brought back Marcus Johansson, which I think is cool. Like, is good. But mm-hmm. they have, and they have some young players that can fight for that center spot. You know, you have Michael McCo- you have Connor McKi- uh, McMichael. McMichael. Um, you also have uh, Hendrix Lapierre, who saw time in the uh, NHL last season. So, he's another guy who. Fell in the draft because of some health issues, but could easily saw it into that middle six center role coming out of camp.
1: 100 percent And I've always liked Lapierre, to be honest with you. He's uh he was one of my favorite uh picks from that draft, to be honest. Um and then Connor McMichael, I think Connor McMichael's gonna blow up this year. He's Agreed. gonna I think up. this
0: is the year he takes the step up. But Lapierre, uh he's the guy that if Ottawa finished, had the Islanders pick between 21 and 25 that's why I wanted Ottawa to pick because I think he fit the bill perfectly for what Ottawa was looking for. And he was going to be a steal of the draft. Uh, don't get me wrong. 100%. I love Ridley Greg at 28. That was a fantastic pick. Um, but I think Lapierre in the mid twenties, after he was projected to be in like top 10, top 15 would have been a great steal. Uh, but moving on, we're going to finish it off, uh, finishing off with the Atlantic. Um, I don't even know where to start. There's there's been so much movement. Um, let's let's start with uh, we'll start off with Florida because I think Florida's the big one where you look at it and you're like, are they actually better than they were at the end of the season? And I think personally, I think no. You know, you no. got rid of you got rid of Weger, who's arguably one of the better two way defensemen in the league. Uh, you got rid of Huberto. Um, you lost Mason Marchment, who. Seem to be that really like pivotal point, like pivotal guy in your team. Um, brought in a whole bunch of ex-senators, which is a... You brought in Chris Tierney, Colin White.
1: Balsers. Michael
0: Delzato, Balsers. Um, the Florida Senators. Here, a bunch of former Senators to go with Duclair, who's going to be out for the first couple months of the season. Uh You didn't move Bobrovsky like you were hoping to. I honestly don't look at Florida as a team that's better than they were... When they were swept by Tampa,
1: no, nah, I'm with you on that. I don't. I still think they're gonna be a decent team, but when you look, like I was looking on, uh, well, can't remember where it was, but they were showing the lineups potentially for next season, and it did not look like a very strong lineup from top to bottom. Like, like you said, they brought in a whole bunch of ex Ottawa Senators, and it's just it was a weird one to me. I think Matthew Tkachuk was a really good acquisition for them. Uh, it, he brings you'll bring a lot of that grit. And you'll bring a lot of you'll draw a lot of penalties and. You know, Florida's power play was really good last year. Um, but I just, I, I don't know what Florida was thinking. I just don't know what they were thinking. They got fleeced. I don't know either. They got fleeced. Like, and then you also lose
0: Giroux. And then, like, you know, I think it was, it was relatively obvious that, like, Giroux probably wasn't going to stay, even though, like, they probably could have gotten him to stay. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this team. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a way you can convince anyone that they're a better team after the Hubert Oban-Kachuk trade than they were before that
1: trade. 100%. Are they the better Florida team, or what are you thinking? I didn't hear the question. What was that? Are they the better Florida team, or do you think Tampa's Not even close. Not even close.
0: I don't care who – unless Tampa gets blown up, Tampa will be in a different tier all of its own. Like, the, the Lightning have proven time and time again that they are the team to beat in the Atlantic. Doesn't matter regular season. Come playoff time. When, when come the time it matters, they find ways to win. Vassie, so the three straight cups is not an easy fa- like, an easy feat anymore.
1: And no, and Vasilevsky never lets him down. Like that guy, if, if he has a bad game, he's getting a shutout next game. Like it's just crazy how he, his confidence to he doesn't have many bad games, but when he does have a bad game to his standard, he comes back the next game stronger than ever. I, I also liked how they extended Nick Paul. Uh, that was a really good uh, trade for them. I think uh, Nick Paul's a lot of what they were missing. Um, I don't know where Corey Perry's at or if he's going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning or what's going on. I mean, he's signed. He's on the roster. Did he? I didn't even know he signed because I have Well, he signed a two-year play. deal
0: last summer. Oh, I thought it was on a one-year. That's why. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure uh, it was a two-year. But they brought in Nemesnikov, which is also, I think, also an underrated signing from him. Yeah, but because of the Corey Perry curse, they're not going to win again. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's fine, but they're still gonna—they're gonna be a hard team to play. And I think oh, you
1: absolutely
0: with with Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, kill like the, these guys aren't a team that you can just sleep on. And like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, they're in the same thing as Toronto. They're in the same boat as Florida." They're not. They're not even close to the same boat. No, I will take Tampa over any team in the league. Outside of and even honestly, I will take them over Colorado because I don't trust Gorgiev oh. and France Franco to you know. I know all you have to do is give them a like they have to just be average and above average to give Colorado a chance to win. Mm-hmm. But I think top to bottom, Tampa is a team that you look at and you're like they can beat you in all three facets of the game Forward group, defensive group, and goaltending. That's true. The only other comparable it. would be New York because I think Shisterkin and Vasilevsky are the yeah. two best goaltenders in the league right now. And like Sorokin's <laughs> up there too. So well, clearly it's the three best Russians. Um But you I think Tampa's
1: favorite, clearly my, the favorite. My favorite Tampa player, man, is, is actually Anthony Sorelli. I think that guy just doesn't get enough credit outside of Tampa. Agreed. I think Sorelli's up there is like
0: a very pivotal piece that like gets overlooked quite often
1: he's uh, he's going to be – he's going to get a, a letter on a sweater in the future at some point. Like, that guy is like, going to be a huge part of that future, man, whenever some of these guys get a little bit older, uh, you know, whenever Stamkos finally re- you know retires or gets traded to Toronto, which is what everybody in Toronto seems to think at some point. Uh, Wearing Kucherov stops making fun of Montreal fans and team. You know, when these guys are all gone, that's when guys like Anthony Shirelli, man, are going to be lit- lighting up the league. Like, it's – like I said, he's underrated, man. All of the league, only Tampa fans can really appreciate yeah. him or Cirelli fans like myself.
0: 100%. I agree. Um, but I think another team to look out for, and I, mean, I don't even think they're going to be, like there's two teams that are up in the upcoming, Detroit and Buffalo, and I don't think either of them are going to be within playoff contention this year. I don't really think a, a goaltending tandem of Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson is going to be enough to put Buffalo into a playoff spot, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to be respectful. They're going to be a hard win. And I think that's all you, you. If you're if you're a Buffalo fan, you shouldn't yeah. expect playoffs, but you should expect them to be a hard win. And they're gonna they're gonna force like they're gonna force teams to win. It's going to be a, a really hard team to play against. But give them like three years or two years. Like by the 24-25 season, they should be considered a playoff contender, no doubt in my mind.
1: It would be nice to see a Buffalo-Ottawa playoff rivalry like back in the days. I don't know if, if you remember those. I'm old, oh, so I, I remember do. those like oh, it was I yesterday, do. man. You know, Jason Pommenville and all those guys, man, Breer back in those days. Uh, hey, but, go- hey, oh man. the the la- They're bringing back
0: the Goathead. Uh, I know. Bringing- that's so dope, though. I love and it. And they get to <laughs> play it against Ottawa. They're wearing it against Ottawa. Their last, the last game they wear it, it's against Ottawa
1: in like April. I cannot wait for it. That game is going to be sick. Did you um, see the the video they released where it kind of shows the Buffalo dressing room? It goes yeah. up and it comes back down. It's all right. I'm not a Buffalo fan. That gave me goosebumps. That, that, that me video excited. was really well done. But that made Buffalo has like
0: Buffalo. such a, a like beautiful amount of young talent. Peyton Krebs, you know Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, Darlene Power, like this and like perturka uh, 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 Paterka. Um, like they have such an epitome, like a massive, like pool of young talent. You have Casey Middlestadt who's turning into
1: his own. Buffalo's going to be a good team. They're going to be the, the Ottawa centers of last here. year. They're going to be the auto centers of last year, where it's a hard win. They're going to come at you hard. The goaltending wasn't great, um, but they're, you're going to earn your two points against Buffalo. You're not going to get them for free. great Close. Quick question and- before we move on to Detroit: Who
0: wears the C? Now that eichel's gone if they give him a C. I don't know if they'll give him a C right Uh, away, but if they were if you were to give one person a C on this roster, who would it be? Current roster right now today, yeah, or current roster. If you had to pick a captain heading into this season, who would it be?
1: Really? Yeah, I'm taking Tuck. Yeah, Tuck is Tuck is a good. It's good with an A, I, but you could do. I guess you could do kind of what they did when when Vegas came back, right? When they went and got, um, when they uh, poached, uh, who was his name again? Ah, uh, they poached him out of Calgary. The, he's a Vegas-born player. Uh, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking uh, about. It's I can't remember his name, but, but I know who you're talking about. he wasn't, a, he, yeah, he wasn't the greatest player, but they gave him the, the C. Yeah, thank you, England. So they gave him the C because he's from Vegas. So they do they do the same thing? Maybe. But I think I think Buffalo, I think Vegas did that because it was a, a new team and you wanted to give it something. I think Buffalo, like I, I think it's Dalin's team. I think.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I I don't. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting. I think Tuck makes kind of fits the bill of what a Buffalo captain is. You look at their previous captains before Eichel, and you're like, yeah, he kind of fits that bill. But it's gonna be interesting. Uh, but moving over to Detroit. Uh, because we're out of time, so we got to wrap it up a little bit, and we'll do more deep dives over the next couple weeks. Detroit brought in some really good pieces, they brought in Huso out of St. Louis, they signed Andrew Kopp, um, David Perron, they, yeah, David Perron, who's going to end up back in St. Louis at some point. We all know it. They brought in Ben Sherrod,
1: Phil Huso, so they, or Jordan, say Huso,
0: yeah. Uh, no. they're going to be a team to play against. I'm just not sold on on them being a, like a, a good enough team, and I think people are like, "Oh, they finished ahead of Ottawa by three points." They had a 13 as it, like January 1st, 2022, they had a 13 point lead on Ottawa. They finished the season with three. They don't have, in my opinion, the depth to to push through the season, and we saw it last year. Maybe that's changed. Maybe with Rana and Perron and Kopp, that changes but they relied heavily on Larkin, Bertuzzi and Raymond. Yeah,
1: and if they can get that depth, sure, maybe, but I just don't see it. They also brought in uh Kubalik who from Chicago who he th- he was like 32 points in 78 games. I'm just looking him up right now. I think he's he's going to do really good too. I think I don't think they're going to make the playoffs cuz the Atlantic is too strong, but I think if Detroit was playing, you know, in you know against the Oilers and stuff yeah, maybe um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for Detroit um but they have a lot of good guys Lucas Raymond I mean that guy's probably gonna be one of the biggest stars in the league in the next four years like it's gonna be insane to watch him play but again if you put Detroit in in like the Pacific I think Detroit could really rock the Pacific but because they're in such a strong division it's a little harder
0: yeah, and I mean it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm not sold on Huso and Nandelkovich being goalie like like starting caliber goalies yet. Uh, Nandelkovich kind of fell flat last year, so that's going to be an
1: interesting watch. Uh, and we're Ville, quickly sorry, Vil Huso. Uh, Vil Huso got some really solid games, but he's still very much unproven. Uh, he's like under sixty games in, in the NHL. If if he turns out to be really good and an actual legit number one goalie. The Detroit's laughing. Detroit's laughing.
0: Agreed. Um, you know, we're not even going to touch Montreal tonight because there's like Montreal, Boston, there's really not much to talk about for this episode. Uh, the two big ones before we head off is Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, obviously, they brought in Matt Murray. There was a trade with Ottawa to bring him in. They signed Sam Sonoff because they lost Campbell. Um, so the, that's who their goaltending is going to be. Um Heading into the season, which statistically they weren't very good last year across the board. Um outside of that though, they haven't like they brought in they brought in Cali who who was traded to the Flames um as a trade deadline from Seattle last year. They brought in Adam Goodett. Uh you know, this team is very much the same team as last year. Um
1: yeah, and they're I mean- on
0: two goaltenders to bounce back. I think they're worse
1: off, but... I agree. There's too many people, and, and I, I have some Lee fan friends, and some friends, sorry, friends who are Leaf fans. Uh, Shout-out to Run It Back. He's, he's a buddy of mine on, on Twitter. Him and, and his followers are very very keen on the idea that Matt Murray's going to bounce back and be a two-time Stanley Cup winner, and that the sole reason why he was terrible was because he's playing in Ottawa. And I said this. I said, yes, Ottawa's D was not good by any means, but a lot of the goals that Matt Murray left were beer league level. Like Ottawa Senators fans got to watch every goal against him, so they're, they firsthand can tell you. Like, and it's not just them trying to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not trying to, what you say? It, whatever. They're not trying to be assholes about it. It's just what you see on the ice. Well, we watch as fans, and I just don't think Matt Murray is is the map. Like he was declining in his last year in Pittsburgh. And he stole games for Ottawa, but he was never a number one caliber goalie in Ottawa. He, he never got there. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: the big thing with him is health, right? Like, can he stay healthy? Because we saw games it, in Ottawa when he
1: was healthy. 100%. Like, he stole games. There were saves that he made that were phenomenal. But the pro- biggest problem, with in my opinion, with Murray was when he has, when he lets in a bad goal or he has a bad game, he is absolutely terrible at making, re- like, at rebounding mentally. And being like, okay, that's yesterday. That's the last. He has a real hard time of rebounding from that, and I think that's his biggest issue. If he can work on his confidence and and all that stuff, fine. But I think with the media and with Toronto being the biggest Toronto uh, being the biggest hockey market on the planet, that pressure is going to be a lot worse than what he had in Ottawa or Pittsburgh. Agreed, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Um, but
0: basically, that team is unchanged. Uh, for the most part, so there's really not much to talk about them outside of their goaltending. Uh, so moving on and ending the episode off with the Ottawa Senators, who probably had outside of Calgary and, and maybe Columbus had the biggest offseason. They brought they got Alex Edberg out of uh, Chicago for first, second, third. They signed Giroud to a three-year deal, a seven million AAV, um, or six point <laughs> five million AAV. You know, they Bring Josh or- Morris. They they were able to get Josh Norris for under eight mil um on a long-term deal they brought in cam Talbot for a one for one they like this team is probably the most improved team in the NHL I and this isn't even being a homer or bias like you look at the roster that ended the year and you look at the roster that's supposed to start the season and you can't tell me that they're 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 not the most improved there's there's no way.
1: No, exactly, and I agree. I think they're the most improved team in the league, not the best team. Uh, for anyone who's listening, there's a big difference. They're the most improved team. Um, I think DeBrinket's going to come in and play with Sisla and, 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 uh, and G, and it's going to be a phenomenal line. You're going to have really good two lines. And even with the third line, when you look at a, a line like with uh, in the speed, Pinto, and how good he's supposed to be, Matthew Joseph with how fast he is and how good he is, even the top nine is, is going to be a very compatible top nine against any team in the league, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, defense is still a question, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think defense, though, started to show improvements last year, especially late in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this defense group is going to be a lot better than people realize. Um, obviously, they're going to look at improvement. Obviously, I think if you're stupid not to look at bringing in you know, more options, but I think they're comfortable bringing in who they have. Uh, and allowing them to fight for a roster spot, I think they're going to allow JBD and Thompson to to show that they're able to be everyday NHLers. Like, and this is the problem when you have such a plethora of young talent that you can't go out and just make like a long term br- like you can't bring in someone long term out of nowhere when you have guys who can you expect to fight for roster spots, right? Like, and I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen a top four trade out of Ottawa yet because you don't want to handcuff yourself as like. Okay, we have Zaitsev, we have Zub, we have Hamannik, and then you also have Holden, who can play both. You have Branstrom, who can play both. And you have Lassie Thompson and JBD, who, are they ready to make that move? So I think Ottawa will still make a move for a top four, but it won't be until, like, November, December, when they can kind of see where pe- people are at. Um, yeah. I but think but I
1: Lassie is ready to make that step. I think Lassie Thompson... So Of all the guys, I I think he's the the guy who's ready to make that step big time. So am I, and I think that's why we haven't really seen that move. And when he was called up last season, he played really well with Shabbat. Like, they really complimented each other really well. He did. And,
0: like, if you were to tell me that, like, you know, I think – I know they're talking about. And, like, I think one one thing that's refreshing is that if you listen to DJ Smith talk, he's not guaranteeing anyone, like, a a roster spot. I think you can – Say realistically there's three players on the team that have a roster spot, and that's Shabbat, Zoom, and Holden. And even then, I don't think Holden's guaranteed a spot if he comes into camp and doesn't earn it, which I think Ottawa fans are not used to hearing, right? Like, yeah, and I Ottawa fans said, don't yeah. want to see Zaitsev in a top four role. They don't want to see him in it consistently in the top four unless he's actually playing well. And to, for him to come out and just say that it's going to be a – like it's actually going to be a
1: fight and you're going to have to earn your ice time is refreshing. Hamid came in last season and played really well and he played injured the entire time he was in Ottawa. Yep. I think he's he's very underrated. I, I made a comment earlier about I can see him playing at the beginning of the season at least until things get, you know, really established. I can see him being on that second power play as the bomb from the point. And a lot of people were like, eh, I don't think so. But until they establish – an actual setup of everything, I think that's where he might start because he can still he can still throw bombs, man. He really can't. It's going to be interesting because I think like DJ
0: came out and said that it, our top four is going to be Shabat Zub. And then we're going to have, well, not even our top four. We're going to pair Shabat and Zub and then we're going to pair Sanderson and Hamannick. So it's very much open the air for that defensive mm-hmm. alignment in Ottawa, but there's no way you can look at the, the entire league and say that a team is, at least on paper, more improved than
1: Ottawa. 100 percent. It's again, not trying to be a homer, but uh, this is probably the most excited I've been as a sense fan in years. Oh yeah, and I think I'm so excited. excited. I think this has been the and, most exciting that any sense fan has been. And then, if I'm not wrong, I think today or uh, I was reading somewhere they were saying that DJ said that Sandy and and Bradstrom pretty much are the same are at the same same spot as far as making the team. They're in they're in the yeah, same they, spot. They,
0: like Sanderson will be given every chance to to make the team, and and so will Branstrom, I and mean, it's whoever wants it, right? If if they don't want it, well, okay, send him down to Belleville, let him play in Belleville for a bit. You know, there's no harm in in spending some time in the AHL, especially if you're Sanderson, who hasn't really played much meaningful hockey during the 2022 calendar year. Like, missed the uh, part of the World Championship or the World Juniors because he got hurt, missed the Olympics because he got hurt, missed you know, the rest of his college playoffs because he got hurt. So for Sanderson, if you're, if you're Ottawa and you're like, okay, well, you're going to be given every chance to make the NHL, but we will not put you in a situation. If we don't feel comfortable that you are good enough to be in that situation, they will send him down. And they've proven that they have no issue sending players down to gain confidence. And I wouldn't be shocked. And I hope sense fans don't get mad at the organization for it. But if Sanderson struggles in preseason and,
1: he will be sent down to Belleville. It, dude, it can only help. Like at Batherson, like Batherson was an AHLer for until he was what? I think it was like twenty-one or something, or twenty. He had two like years, it. I think, two years in the AHL. And look at Batherson. Like, this. he's he's a star in Ottawa now, and he's just going to get better and better. Had he not been injured last year, I, just, I don't even know how, how he's. I think he had like thirty-three points in thirty-one games before he got hurt. Like it's ridiculous. He was on like, pace was, for hundred points. Yeah, exactly. Now. Forsberg and Talbot, are you sold on the on the duo? Yeah, you are. I'm 100. I I'm hoping I'm hoping Forsberg is like Anderson and a bit of a late bloomer. Um, <clears throat> now Talbot has had good years and bad years throughout his entire career. He was uh, an all star last year. I'm just I, I'm interested to in see which cam Talbot we get in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, so am I. It's going to be interesting, and we're going to dive deep <coughs> into it over the next couple of weeks as the preseason gets going, we'll be able to see a little bit more of these guys and we'll start talking more about each division, a little bit more in depth. I mean, we talked a little bit in depth today, but we'll get really in depth with each team and whatnot uh, over the next couple of weeks. So um, that'll be all for this episode, folks. We appreciate you guys tuning in for the first episode of top uh, corner hockey talk. And we'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at. uh Top uh what is it, hockey
1: it's top corner oh. hck.
0: <laughs> See I it's a top so, corner hck, H-C-K pod.
1: Yeah, hck pod. It's it's a new account. Uh you can follow uh, me at JT uh J D underscore hockey talks.
0: Yeah, you can follow me under at uh Shane underscore R Y thirteen. And you can also follow my Instagram at uh Sr Designs underscore underscore. Um but I'd say that guys, oh also follow the 13th Man Sports Podcast. Uh 13th Man Sports Twitter at 13th Man Sports. Um, And enjoy your week, and we'll catch you back here next Tuesday with a brand-new episode. Cheers. Cheers.